Hello and welcome back to Pal in South Africa. This is episode 151 of the Cricket Her Weekly. Um, and Raf, you've been out and about this morning, haven't you? It's a Sunday morning, but you took yourself off to a very special place. Thanks, Sid. Yeah, um, so I actually visited a, a township today um, called Kyalicha. Um, a township is um, an area in South Africa um, where historically, because unfortunately because of um, kind of a legacy of apartheid, um, a lot of uh, very poor black South Africans live. Um, but this was actually, um, so this was in the township, um, but it was actually part of a programme, uh, a new programme, the launch of a new, um, what's been called a women's empowerment programme um, that's being run by um, the Catch Trust, which is formerly the Gary Kirsten Foundation, um, and also with funding from the MCC Foundation, which is the charitable arm of the MCC. And the MCC Foundation do these amazing, are involved in lots of amazing projects, um, kind of centering around trying to develop women's cricket, uh, both back home within the UK, um, but they're also involved in projects in um, with women in places like Nepal. Um, they, they did do some work in Afghanistan, um, do work with Syrian refugees, etc. Um, so there's loads of great work that's been going on. But um, as part of this kind of moment of the World Cup, the Women's World Cup coming to South Africa for the first time since 2005, this new programme has been launched, this new women's empowerment programme. Um, and basically it's about using cricket as a, as a kind of vehicle to transform the lives um, of some of these girls who are living in very difficult situations, um, who are you know, experiencing things like gender-based violence um, and just generally having very difficult lives. Um, but today was kind of, you know, it was, it was, an, it was a really upbeat session. Um, they're actually playing a, a cricket match this afternoon and they've been playing cricket yesterday and um, I was able to see them in the nets just having a great time. Cricket for these girls is, you know, it's a safe space for them. Um, you know, they, they talk today about um, these girls having a cricket family um, and it being somewhere that they can kind of come to maybe um, escape some of the difficult situations in which they, in which they find themselves. Um, but the programme itself is going to be, you know, it's not just about playing cricket, although it is about that and some of them may have aspirations to go on and, um, and you know, even play cricket for South Africa because why not? Um, but actually the programme itself is also about things like um, running health workshops about menstruation, um, about healthy eating, about trying to tackle and understand gender-based violence and, and building confidence really in the lives of these girls. Um, so actually it was, a, it was really amazing um, and it, it just puts so much of what we talk about on the Cricket Her Weekly into perspective actually because cricket for those girls is not just about, um, you know, I don't know, an, or <laughs> an IPL auction, a women's IPL auction that's happening thousands of miles away where there's loads of money or, um, you know, who's going to win the World Cup. It's actually about, as I say, being a safe space for them. Um, I think partly that programme is powerful because some of what we've seen over the last few days is that attitudes to women's sport within South Africa are still kind of quite problematic compared with some of the attitudes that we see back home in the UK. And we actually watched that World Cup opening tournament, um, the, the World Cup opener, South Africa v Sri Lanka from a, a, bar, a bar in Pal, 
Uh, we weren't at the ground, we were in Paul, um, and we spoke to a few people um, about you know, their awareness of the World Cup, and there wasn't a huge level of awareness, was there, Sid? No, I mean, you know, you spoke to our, bo our bar server, um, and he basically said, you know, I was a cricket fan when I was younger, but these days, you know, I, I, I have to work too hard, I'm, you know, and I just don't have time to follow cricket, and he didn't even know that there was a World Cup on. Um, and, you know, within the bar, there were, you know, what, 20-odd occupied tables, um, and there was one other table that was paying much attention at all to the game and in fact on that table really it was only one guy out of four that was really paying attention to the game although the other three definitely were joining in by the end when it looked like South Africa might just creep over the line at the end. So um, what did you make of the cricket Sid South Africa being beaten by Sri Lanka it was a bit of a shock in the tournament opener? Yeah well it was a great result for Sri Lanka wasn't it um, I think the, the, the one of the really exciting things for, for Sri Lanka is this girl Vishmi who really looks like you know have, have Sri Lanka found their Hayley Matthews you know that we talked about the fact that Hayley Matthews, you know, was the the one person at the West Indies. You really need at least one person that's like a really good player to, to even kind of put you on the map. And that's possibly not enough to win you any World Cups going forward, but at least it means that you can be competitive. And, you know, we saw that again with Hayley Matthews this week. Um, and, you know, is Vishmi that player that's going to take over from Atapatu? Because, of course, Atapatu was still crucial to the result. Um, and, you know, Sri Lanka, you know, they made over a runner ball, you know, and that put a little bit of pressure on South Africa and they basically wilted under that pressure didn't they um, and, and they and they didn't quite get over the line and actually the scorecard makes it look much closer than it really was isn't it it was a classic example of that thing of like I always say you know nobody makes 10 off the last over in a, in a women's T20 of course that's not absolutely true but if you look at the look at the numbers of all of the matches been played in WBBL international and everything it's it's so rare that it's essentially zero percent of times that people make 10 off the last over because the pressure just gets to you um, and you know that's a classic example of it yeah, and as I as I previously said in an episode of the Cricket Her Weekly, every finger then pointed at the coach going, why didn't you play Donny van Nierkoek? They created a rod for their own backs there. So that pressure, as you say, I think it, it did get to them. Um, and they've got a crucial game coming up tomorrow against New Zealand, um, which could well decide whether South Africa remain in with a chance of going through to the semi-finals. If they lose that game, don't think they're mathematically out? It won't out? be mathematically out, no, but they will be in a, in a lot of trouble because they'll need a lot of other things to go their way if they've lost two matches so yeah okay and we also saw a couple of other games so far um this tournament yesterday um here in Paul we saw um New Zealand absolutely thrashed by Australia um that was pretty predictable and especially predictable when Megan Shute managed to remove both Susie Bates and Sophie Devine within the first six balls and so there you go. Um, so we're not going to talk too much about that but the England-West Indies game that was an interesting one wasn't it Sid? Well you know West Indies again they, they, play, they play perhaps better than we might have been thinking. Um, Hayley Matthews but it was, it's all about Hayley Matthews isn't it? Um, you know she, she gave them a really good power play despite the, the fact that Stephanie Taylor at the other end was really struggling and, and looking like some who was actually not ready to come back so we actually we'd spoken to Hayley Matthews the day before and she, we'd asked her specifically about Stephanie Taylor and Hayley had gone well maybe she plays maybe she doesn't um, it really looks like possibly she shouldn't have done because she did not look ready well what I thought was odd was that she was bumped right up to the top of the order so they were basically going you haven't played any competitive cricket in months you didn't play in any of the warm-ups you don't know anything about the pitch conditions but here you go you've got to open the batting yeah and it didn't work out that well in in that sense but Hayley Matthews carried them through the power play uh, and you know again they made they made more than a run of ball that you know that gave England something to chase and we're at the halfway point we definitely were sitting there thinking well you know England could stuff this up you know it was one of the things that it was really 
really hot it was absolutely unbearable dry heat if you were out there for five minutes you know then you know someone from England myself that's that's kind of not used to those temperatures it was tough you could see that the England girls were kind of struggling in the field I mean they were putting in you know 110 percent but they were not getting to the ball in you know chasing around the boundary quite as quickly as they would have done in, in more normal conditions they've been out in the field and then they were coming out to bat you know they were already tired you know we, we thought you know they could mess this up but boy did they not mess it up they really went for it yeah the birth of John Ball, as I put it in my piece for The Guardian, because that is how uh, Nat Siver Brandt described it in her in the in the post-match. Um, and it was quite amusing because she basically said, oh, we haven't really been talking about Baz Ball. Um, I'm just going to throw John Ball out there. And, and I said, is that a thing? And she said, let's make it a thing. So we're making it a thing. But it, it really, um, we've been quite sceptical about um, everyone talking up England and also England talking up themselves and going, oh, we're playing differently purely because we've got a new coach. But it really really did feel like a bit of a sea change in the way they approached that run chase. Sophia Dunkley is just a bit bonkers now. She's opening the batting and she's just coming out and just going bosh. And, you know, they're not, um, she's not hitting it for sixes, but they're totally taking the power play for what it's meant to be. And they're just hitting it over the infield the whole time. And they're able to do that. And they, were, and they got a, lot, a very high boundary count yesterday compared with what we normally see from England in T20s. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, a point that a definitely high-risk game, Dunks could have been run out in the first over. Um, you know, there were a couple where very early on where there could have been catches made, you know, but, you know, they're but hitting Sid. it very hard and, you know, they're making it count and they're giving England that, that fast start that you need to kind of take the pressure off the rest of the lineup. And that meant that Heather Knight and, and Nat Silver at the end... Silver Brunt. Uh, Nat Silver Brunt could actually, in a little bit, take their foot off the gas. So what I was going to say was that John Lewis's mantra is walk towards the danger walk towards the danger Sid and that is exactly what they were doing it's not without risk people are going to get out but that's the way they're approaching it and they are certainly doing it in a way that's authentic and really does actually follow through or they're you know they're not just talking the talk they're walking the walk here. yeah and if they play like that against Australia when it when it comes to it when push comes to shove that's that's the kind of performance that could see them beat Australia of course we also saw Australia yesterday walk all over New Zealand and you know Australia you, you, you made an interesting comment about Australia Raf, um, where you said that you know even when Australia play badly they play really well because actually Australia in some ways we looked at the innings and we're like Australia haven't been doing very well here they probably made yeah. like 90 yeah. 100 uh, after about what was for 17 hours well, they lo like, no, and they lost so many wickets they've made 150 yeah, but they lost all of these wickets at regular intervals, they didn't ever quite get a partnership together, and they still put 170 on the board. Where's the fairness in that, Meg Lanning? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, we better wrap up in a minute. Um, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Um, as we say, we've got a couple of um, interesting games coming up tomorrow, as well as um, a certain auction that's happening in a certain country several thousand miles away, of which we will say no more. Um, but we have got England v Ireland, the neighbours that never meet, Sid. I've just stolen your... That was that was yours, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, this is the first time they've played since 2012. So it, it's been over 10 years since England have played their kind of nearest neighbours in the sort of the, the, the first-class professional cricket circuit. That's a bit ridiculous. But, you know, let's see well, how it goes. Yeah, let's <laughs> see how they get on. Um, thanks very much for tuning in. See you soon. Bye. Bye.